This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope that this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. 1 Kings 18 and 41 says, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink. What he was saying, it's time to celebrate. <laughs> it's time to celebrate. Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of an abundance of rain. There is a sound of an abundance of rain. I've been preaching for several weeks. I'm going to continue right up to the first Sunday in December, and then I'm going to be talking about coming home for Christmas. But I've been preaching about living, learning, and leading in difficult days. And certainly these are difficult days. I want to talk to you today about the power of words. The power of words. Did you ever think about this? It was words that created this world. God said, let there be light. And there was light. It was words that created the world. And it's words that can create your world. It's words that can create somebody else's world. Because there's power in our words. The little poem says, A careless word may kindle strife. A cruel word may wreck a life. A bitter word may hate and steal. A brutal word, it may smite and kill. But a gracious word, it may smooth the way. A joyous word may light somebody's day. A timely word, why, it will lessen stress. A kind word, it will heal and bless. Because there's power in words. A man one night was on the couch. He was actually lying on the couch, and he had his head in his wife's lap, and she reached down and removed his glasses. She looked right into his eyes, and she said, Honey, without your glasses... You look just like you did when we first got married. And he said, honey, without my glasses, you do too. <laughs> Wrong words. It's the right words at the right time that makes all the difference. Now, we've been preaching through Elijah. Let's, let's uh, revisit a little bit. Last week, Elijah defeated 850 false prophets. It had been three and a half years, defeated 850 false prophets. There was no rain for three and a half years. And he goes to Mount Carmel. If you've been to Israel with me, you've been to Mount Carmel because I've never taken a trip to Israel that I didn't go to Mount Carmel. He goes to Mount Carmel. He takes an associate. Some believed it was the widow's son that he raised from the dead with him. I don't know. But he took a young man with him nevertheless. And they get to Mount Carmel. And Elijah said to that young man, I want you to do something. 
go look toward the Mediterranean Sea and see if you see any sign of rain. Go look toward the Mediterranean Sea and see if you see any clouds. The Bible says this. The Bible says he went six times. Six times. And every time while Elijah was praying, he came back and he said, I see nothing. I see nothing. Here's what I would say to you. There are going to be times in your life when you're praying about something and you'll see nothing. There are going to be times in your life when you're praying about a dream and you'll see nothing. There are going to be times you're praying about your ministry and you'll see nothing. There are going to be times you're praying about a relationship that God would bring somebody into your life. I tell single people on a regular basis, they say, I want somebody in my life. And I'll always say, well, just remember, it's better to be single and want to be married than to be married and want to be single. <laughs> but there'll be times you're praying about your health and you'll see nothing. There'll be times you're praying about that child that's tearing your heart out and you'll see nothing. There'll be times you'll be praying about your mate to change and you'll see nothing. There'll be times as couples, you're praying to have a baby, you're praying to have a child, and year after year passes, and you see nothing. But I want you to know, the seventh time, he went back. He said, I see a cloud. <laughs> I see a cloud, and it's about the size of a man's hand. I'm saying, folks, it may be small, but keep your eye on Jesus. Keep your eye on Jesus. Just keep praying when you see nothing. When you see nothing happening, don't give up. There may be something coming real close. <laughs> there may be a, a sign. There may be a, a sign about the size of a man's hand if you just stay in there. Now, I'm talking to you today about the power of words. Let me make four or five observations from Elijah's life. Observation number one, we must tell ourselves, look, what God says about us and our situation. We must tell ourselves what God says about us and our situation. Now, I want you to notice, <clears throat> I'm just clearing my throat, no COVID, I'm fine. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is sound of an abundance of rain. Now wait. Before he ever prayed, he said these words. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. He had never prayed. You say, Pastor Benny, why could he say that? Well, look what the Bible says in 1 Kings 18 and 1. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show yourself unto Ahab, and I'll send rain upon the earth. <laughs> Let me tell you why he could have confidence. Because God had said it. 
Let me tell you something. If God said an elephant's going to lay an egg, you can get your skillet. Amen? You can get your skillet because God has said it. This is what I'm trying to say to you. you need, somebody said, well, we need to tell ourselves this and we need to tell ourselves that. No, no. We need to tell ourselves what God says about us and our situation. See, Psalms 107 verse 2 says this, Let the redeemed of the Lord hope so. Let the redeemed of the Lord believe so. Let the redeemed of the Lord think so. No, no. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You need to quit listening to yourself, and you need to start talking to yourself. Amen? And you need to tell yourself what God says about you and your situation. Let me explain. You know what Ephesians 2.10 says? It says that you are God's masterpiece. You say, Pastor, I'm nothing. Oh, yes, you are. You're a creation of God. You were made and created in the image of God. You're wonderfully and gloriously created. Let, let me tell you, you know why, folks, I'm so much up. You say, Pastor Benny, are, 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 are you, you pro-life? Yes, I am. And let me explain why. Because I believe in the intrinsic value of every life. Because I believe every life is God's masterpiece. It's God's masterpiece. You're God's creation. You're God's creation. You know, I had the privilege of, I remember one time, the journeys of Paul. And I saw Santorina, Greece. And I thought... God made that, and he said, it's, it's good. And he made the Pacific Ocean, and he said, it's good. And he made the Atlantic Ocean, and he said, it's good. And he made the Swiss Alps, and he said, it's good. But he, he, he put Pluto out there and Mars out there and Jupiter out there and Venus out there, and he said, it's good. But, oh, folks, he created you, and he said, that's very good. No, 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 no. You're, you're not good. You're very good because God said you're his creation. You're the masterpiece of his creation. You're the crown of his creation. You're very good. But not only, folks, are we God's creation, but if you know Jesus Christ, you're God's child. There is a verse that no doubt I'd read it before. I'd read it tons of times. But I saw it different this week. In Matthew chapter 3, look what the Bible says. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. Where I have baptized many of you, right there in the Jordan River. Right in the Jordan River. And lo, the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending upon him like a dove. And it lightened upon Jesus. Wait. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. You know, folks, he had not done one miracle. 
He had not healed one person. He had not raised nobody from the dead. He'd not fed anybody with loaves and fishes. He had not turned any water into wine. He'd not done anything. But his heavenly father said, I'm well pleased. I'm well pleased for one reason. He's my son. He's my child. He's my son. He's my child. And because of that, I'm well pleased. This is what I want to say to you today from the bottom of my heart. You need to tell yourself what God says about you and your situation. I'll tell you something else. You need to tell yourself positive things. I, I'm, listen, I'm not one of these faith, you know, I'm not one of these happy clappies. That's not me. But I do want to preach the word. And Elijah said this. He said, I hear the sound of sprinkles. No. No, no. He said, I hear the sound of a gully washer. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. What was he doing? He was telling himself positive things. Did you ever think about this? The prodigal son comes home, and the father says, kill the fatted calf. No, wait. He didn't say, kill the skinny goat. He said, kill the fatted calf. You say, what do you mean, pastor, positive things? Joel 3 and 10 says this, let the weak say I am strong. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Romans 8 and 31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? First John 4 and 4 says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Daniel 11 and 32 says, the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians 4 and 8 says this, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, think on these things. I'm telling you something, folks. Many of you need to quit telling you negative things. There's nothing biblical about you putting yourself down. There's nothing biblical about you putting yourself down and saying derogatory things about yourself. That's not from God. That's from the enemy. That's not from God. That's from the enemy. You're wonderfully, gloriously created in the image of God. You say, oh, I, I'm nobody. You need to quit saying that. You need to hold that thumb out and say, I'm thumbbody. Amen? I'm thumbbody. Because I'm God's creation and I'm God's child. <laughs> Little boy was out hiking the mountains one day, and he slipped, and he, he was frightened. He caught this limb and was holding on for dear life. And he screamed out, help me. And a voice came back, help me. 
And he screamed out, Who are you? And the voice came back, Who are you? And he said, You're a coward. And the voice said, You're a coward. And he said, You're a fool. And the voice said, You're a fool. And he said, You're fat. And the voice said, You're fat. And he said, You're ugly. And the voice said, You're ugly. And about that time, his dad came. He said, Dad, what's going on? He said, Son, it's an echo. <laughs> he said, Shout out, I'm wonderful. He said, I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Shout out, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Shout out, God's for me. God's for me. All I'm saying today, what echo are you sending out? Because it's coming back. Whatever echo you send out, it's coming back. Third thing I want to say is our words influence others, either good or bad. That's why Proverbs 18 and 21, get this, folks, death and life in the power of the tongue. You want to bring life to relationships, get control of this. Because if you don't get control of it, you're going to continue to kill relationships. Because death and life's in the power of the tongue. That's why Ephesians 4 and 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of the mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Tell you the fourth thing. Your words will determine your future. Your words will determine your future. Henry Ford said it best. He said, whether you say you can or you can't, you're correct. Romans 4 and 17 says, call those things that are not as if they were. Call those things that are not as if they were. Your words are powerful. What you say is powerful. 20 years ago, I went to Phoenix, Arizona. We had no money. No money. Got a hotel room. No money. Sheets were yellow. The shower worked on one speed. Scorching hot. I said to Cameron, Call down there and tell them this is terrible at the front desk. He said, I would, but the phone don't work. <laughs> Myself, Stan Daniel, and Cameron in a rollaway bed in one room, $49.99. I go to that mountain. I go to that prayer mountain, and I start writing on this card. I said, Lord, with your help, in 2,000, I believe we can average 2,000 in attendance. I said, Lord, with your help, I, I believe we can build a sanctuary to seat 1,000 people. Lord, with your help, I, I believe that we can build a state-of-the-art youth building. And not only a state-of-the-art youth building, I, I believe we can build a children's building. Lord, I believe with your help, I can take, we can take the gospel all over the world right here from Milner, Georgia.
I said, God, I believe with your help. We can have a benevolence ministry where we can provide clothing, where we can provide food, where we can provide medical attention for people seven days a week. I believe, God, we can do it with your help. I said, God, I believe that a large portion of our budget we can give away. We can help other churches. God, I believe that we can become a spiritual lighthouse for rural churches all over America. I said, but God, I want you to understand, I wrote it down. I said, without God, we cannot. But God, without us, you will not. You will not. And I've looked at it every day because I want you to understand something. I want you to understand something. Your words will determine your future. Your words will determine your future. I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. I want to tell you an illustration I shared with you eight weeks ago. I don't have all-timers. I realize I shared it. Maybe part-timers, but not all-timers. Gaylord Perry was a baseball pitcher. He wasn't much of a hitter. He couldn't bust a grape. Gaylord Perry said in 1963, before I hit a home run, they'll put a man on the moon. July the 20th, 1969, Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon. Two hours later, Gaylord Perry hit his one and only home run. There's power in words. Barbara's brother, a few weeks ago, he was on a ventilator. They said he may not live. I, I couldn't, he's here, she's here. I couldn't tell this what true. I said, he's going to live. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. Why can you say that, Benny? Because I got a word from God. And when I got a word from God, I claimed it. And when we get a word from God, we need to claim it. When we get a word from God, we need to claim it. Let me tell you lastly, and I'm done. Speaking the right words will energize your life. Speaking the right words will energize your life. You said, Pastor, expound on that just a little bit. Elijah said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Now get this. Look here. Look at verse 45. It came to pass in the meanwhile that heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. I want you to understand. From Carmel to Jezreel was 17 to 18 miles. Wait. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah. And he girded up his Newton tennis shoes. I believe that's what it really means. And ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now think about this. Ahab was king. He had the fastest chariot in the land. But Elijah outran the stallion. 
because the right words will energize your life. Three things and I'm done. Preach too long. Preach too long. Tell yourself what God says about you. Second thing, I want you to promise me you're going to do that. Second thing I want you to do is quit putting yourself down. You say, but Brother Benny, you don't know the mess-ups. Let me tell you something. You don't know my mess-ups. We've all had some mess-ups. You know why God uses people who've messed up? Because there ain't no other kind. No. And the third thing I'd say, for the next 24 hours, make a covenant, make a commitment. For the next 24 hours, I'm not going to say anything negative about myself. Quit, quit putting yourself down. Quit putting yourself down. It's not, it's not productive. I'm not going to say anything negative about myself. And I'm not going to say anything negative about others. I'm just not. Boy, don't you think, folks, in, in, in everything going on, people do need some encouragement. Let me, let me, let me tell you this, and I, I'll tell you this story, and I, I promise I'll be done. You know why I preach this message with so much passion? I was raised by a stepfather who told me I was an ignorant, illegitimate child. He didn't use those words. Told me I was ignorant and I'd never amount to anything in life. Just berated me all my life. Told me how stupid I was. You're so dumb, you can't learn anything. You little ignorant blank. And there came a day that my mother said, we're going to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And I said, Mama, why are we going to Murfreesboro, Tennessee? And she said, I, you four children, your stepbrother and sister and your sister, y'all are going to get physicals. I didn't understand. Three of them got physicals, but I didn't get a physical. I got a mental evaluation to see if he was mentally challenged. Because, see, the problem was I had a stepfather that was telling me that I was ignorant. And I started believing it. And I'd go to school and I couldn't learn. Because I'd been told I was ignorant. My mother finally left that relationship and she met a man. He was a Canadian. His name was Don Mason. He came and heard me preach and he said, what are you doing? I said, I preach some. I preach at rescue missions. I preach in jails. I preach on the side of the road. I preach anywhere I can. Because God's not looking for ability. He's looking for availability. And if I'm too good for those places, by the way, folks, I'm too good for this place. He said, what are you going to do after... I said, well, I'm working. I'm making $3.35 an hour. I work for Carpet Beauty. And I work in a foundry. I work in a foundry. I clean the commodes for the foundry workers. 
I lay over the commodes in Ghoul Century, and I clean the commodes after the foundry workers use them. I hadn't always been Dr. Benny Tate. And he said, you can do better than that. I said, I don't know, Don. He said, you need to get in school. You need to get in Bible college. I said, no, no. Don, I couldn't learn. I barely got through school. I couldn't learn. He said, yes, you can. I think about that man often. Every time I look at my wedding ring, it's stones from his ring are in this ring. He was my best man at my wedding. I think about him a lot. That Canadian said to me, you go to Bible college, you get your degrees, and every one you complete, I'll pay for. I said, he must believe in me. And I got an associate's degree. I got a bachelor's and earned master's and earned doctorate. And I say this only for God to receive glory. Maybe Don. I never made below an A. Believe it or not, even a few courses in English. <laughs> what makes the difference? I'll tell you what makes the difference. When somebody believes in you and somebody expresses it, makes all the difference in the world. So let's leave today. Let's believe in people. Let's express it. Let's let them know how much we love them. Let's let them know we appreciate them. Words are powerful. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Friend, I trust the message today has spoken to your heart. And if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, I want to challenge you to do that today. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. And I've often said, it's as simple as ABC. A stands for acknowledge. You've got to acknowledge that you're a sinner. B stands for believe. You've got to believe that Christ and His blood was shed on the cross for your sin. And then C you simply must confess your sins to Him. I want to encourage you right now to repeat a simple prayer with me. I'll pray the prayer. You repeat it with me if you'd like to accept Christ as your personal Savior. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. But God, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry I want to change. I believe that you died for my sin and I confess my sin to you right now. Come into my heart, Lord, and forgive me of all my sin. Now thank you, Lord, for forgiving me. Thank you for coming in to my life. Amen. Friend, congratulations on the greatest decision that you'll ever make. And I want you to know this decision is not based on how you feel right now because God's not a feeling. He's a fact. This decision is based on the fact that you have done what God's Word says you must do to have eternal life. So congratulations 
on the greatest decision you'll ever make. And thank you for being with us today. God bless you, and we'll see you soon.